When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this episode of The Rocking Cast, you're going to learn about exuberant stoicism and how you can use this 2,000-year-old philosophy to transform your life. Now, I know what you may be thinking. Exuberant stoicism? Isn't that sort of like an oxymoron? Isn't that like a contradiction in terms? Most likely, if you think that, you are channeling your high school definition of stoicism. You know how you learned about the difference between the Epicureans who loved pleasure and the Stoics who were a bunch of party poopers? Well, that's not entirely accurate. In this episode, you're going to learn about how I came across Stoicism as it is properly understood, introduce you to an excellent podcast that you will absolutely love. I hate to say it, I don't have the best podcast. This is even way better than mine. And a book that is going to totally transform your life. But in particular, as it relates to Stoicism, I'm going to focus on one concept, the trichotomy of control, and in particular, apply it to our most valuable asset, and that is time. Time, yes, time. That thing that we take for granted, but in my view, is a diamond. It is worth more than almost anything. The abundance of time gives us happiness and joy. The lack of it, lack of it can absolutely make us miserable. So let's get started and talk about my path to exuberant stoicism. Three months ago, I was listening to The Happiness Lab by Dr. Lori Santos. And just as an aside, this is the podcast that I was talking about. What I love about this podcast, it's called The Happiness Lab, is that she's a PhD um, at Yale University. And essentially what she does is she highlights all of the latest research relating to psychologists' exploration of well-being and happiness in people. So she just doesn't offer sort of Tony Robbins-like experiential bromides that may or may not apply to your life. She actually analyzes sort of the, the neurochemicals, the psychology, the latest research that sort of uses these common principles and then subjects it to peer review and highlights the latest research and book recommendations. And she's just really, really good. So, so totally listen to that podcast. One of them in this podcast series by Lori Santos highlighted stoicism and in particular how ancient stoicism can bring us great joy. And she interviewed one of the leading experts on stoicism who calls himself a practicing stoic. Now you may think, God, that sounds like a boring dude, but this guy was not boring at all. It was Dr. William Irvin, and he highlighted the, the, the Roman stoic Epictetus one of the greatest Stoics of all time. And so after listening to this, I ordered Dr. William Irvin's book, A Guide to the Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy. And I thought I would share with you what I've applied, what I've learned in that book, and how I've actually applied it to my own life. Um, And he focuses on the trichotomy of control and its relationship to time. 
The Stoics believe that to do great things above all else, you must master time. The Stoics understood how valuable time is. And why is it? Because to do anything great, you need time. You need to be able to focus. You need to be able to channel your creative energies. And to do that, you have to live an uncluttered life to the maximum extent possible. Now, you may say like, oh, I like to multitask and I like to do a lot of different things together. But do you really think that? Would you like your pilot to be multitasking while he's landing the airplane? Would you want your surgeon carrying on a conversation and checking his Facebook feed while he was doing or she was doing brain surgery on you? No, of course you wouldn't. You need focus. We all understand that. But so seldom do we actually apply it in our own life. So control over time, how do we actually achieve that? Well, you need to apply a principle called the dichotomy of control, because that's actually what Epictetus talked about was the dichotomy of control. And he began his book, The Enchiridion, this way. And by the way, as an aside, isn't that so cool? The Enchiridion, just the name of that, is this little practical philosophy book that Epictetus drafted for everyone, for everyday living. So next time you're at a dinner party, tell people about the Enchiridion. Or if you're in high school or or like college, say, hey, yeah, man, like I was reading the Enchiridion and I learned these things. Well, here's how the Enchiridion starts. It starts with the following sentence. Some things are in our control and others are not. Things in our control are opinion, pursuit, desire, aversion, and in a word, whatever are our own actions. Things that are not in our control are our body, property, reputation, command, and one word, whatever, are not our own actions. Now, you may take Epictetus to task for what's under our control and what's not. I mean, he talks about our desire, our version is out of our control. Well, don't get hung up on that. Don't get too worked up about that because I'm going to ask you to think about, as you understand it, as you process it, focus on the things in your life that you have control in as you define them, and the obvious things that you can't, whether we will be hit by an asteroid, whether the sun will explode. Um, Hopefully you agree with me that you can control what time you go to bed. You can control whether you can take a five-minute walk or do five minutes of exercise in whatever way you choose. Um, I think you control if you have a spouse, you can say the words, I love you. Um, I'm hoping you maybe can do or try to do, if you're able, one push-up tomorrow. So there are things that you do have some control over. Epictetus called this the dichotomy of control. Well, Irvin, in his book, The Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy, does take it, joy, takes it a little step further. And summarizing the other work of great Stoics, such as Marcus Aurelius, identifies also this obvious third option to the dichotomy of control. And that is the things over which we have partial control. He uses the example of a tennis match. If you play tennis, you have no control over whether you win the match or not. I mean, ultimately, that depends upon your ability, these sorts of things. But... Whether you practice, hopefully you have some control over that. Your focus and how you practice is going to give you some control over that. So Irvin really identifies and acknowledges that most of reality is in this middle ground in the spectrum. We can't fully control whether we get that job promotion. That would be our boss. But we can control our attitude, how hard we work, how much we practice. So Irvin calls this the trichotomy of control. 
And you focus on things that you can fully control in places such as your job and your finances and things that you can't control. Now, your first view might be, duh, isn't this obvious? Well, I'm not asking you to understand this concept. I'm asking you to apply this concept. I'm going to ask you to apply this concept, the trichotomy of control, as it applies to time. And I'm going to share with you how I've used control over time to put me on my path to exuberant stoicism. And I'm hoping you will get down there as well. So the first thing I want you to do is, as it relates to time, I want you for step one to inventory and write down the parts of your day that you have total control over as it relates to time, the top 10, and then the parts of your day over which you have no control over, that would be step two, and the parts of the day whether you have partial control over. So in my own life, um, I have total control whether I watch TV or not. I have total control over which time that I go to bed. Um, and, and for me, and I have little control, a lot of people have little control over when they go to work. If they have a job, they got to go there at a certain time and they got to come back at a certain time. Then, of course, there are areas where we have partial control over. Like if you have a deadline, well, hopefully you won't get in trouble for submitting the work early. Or if a spouse or friend asks you to do an errand, most of the time it doesn't matter whether you do it at 12 o'clock or 4 o'clock. It just matters that you do it at a particular time to, to get it done. That's the key focus. So for me, I think in order to really get on your path to exuberant stoicism, I think the most important thing is is to have control over your mornings. I think your mornings are the time that are going to be your most valuable asset where you can really start taking control over your own life. For me, once I learned that I could unlock my mornings, it has been completely transformative to me and put me well on my way to stoic exuberance. I started going to bed early. I try to get to bed by like 9 or 9.30 every evening and try to get a full 8 to 9 hours of sleep. And I do that by making sure that I read, that I don't watch TV late at night, that I don't have any wine, so I get good, restful sleep. And for me then, when I get up, I get up at about five every morning now, and now all of a sudden, I have this new wealth of time that I have been able to use for really productive things, like for example, journaling. And when I journal, all of a sudden I'm mapping out things that I want to do. I start becoming more mindful about my health. I've been able to get in a good morning exercise so that I'm able to walk with my dogs and do push-ups and do yoga with Adrian, who I really love. She's a really good yoga instructor online. And of course, when I go running, I get the endorphins going. I have all this time to do this now. And I listen to all some music, like the national parks. And so my mood has just been great. And when I have a good mood, what do you have? You also have focus. And when you have focus, you feel good. And when you feel good, you feel like you can do your per, per, uh, creative pursuits. Now, what is going to affect this tranquility? Because this is what the Stoics love, this tranquility. Well, politics, terrorism, global warming, these are all super important things. But, you know, the Stoics would teach us we don't have a lot of control over politics. I mean, you can vote, um, 
terrorism. I mean, if there's going to be a terrorism, there's going to be terrorism. And, you know, global warming, individually, we can make our own decisions, but I'm not going to agonize and spend all of my emotional energy on something over which I have very little control. And the Stoics didn't think, you know, in terms of Stoic joy, that bad stuff couldn't happen. They actually acknowledge that you can get hit by a truck, you can get hit by an asteroid. But if you can't control it, well, then why would you worry about it? If I get hit by an asteroid right now while I'm doing this podcast, I, I can't control that. So why would I let anxiety about that um, affect that? So one of the things in terms of keeping this abundance of time, think about those moments where you can say no, where you can preserve this valuable asset. For me, it's been how much I volunteer. There was a time in my life when I volunteered and would always say yes to everything. And really what that did is, is that made me time bankrupt. That I was essentially just like giving away money. Would you give away money on a credit card? No, you should not donate money on a credit card if you're financially insolvent. You're just making yourself more stressed out and you're not helping anyone. Well, similarly, if you're in a time deficit, you don't have an abundance of time then you shouldn't spend your time on things over which you think you're going to have little control. So for mine, it does not mean that I don't volunteer. I absolutely do. I recently participated in another podcast about you know, how the outdoors has really helped me. But what I do is, is I make sure that I have the abundance. And then two, the second question I ask is, is when I do volunteer, am I going to have maximum social impact? If I'm just going to sit my butt in a chair and I'm not going to have an impact, well, then I'm not going to do it because it's, I'm, I'm spending my most valuable asset, my time. Now, as it applies to your job, yeah, we don't have time over when we start and when we end, but think about those parts that you do have control. Well, if you're checking your social media all the time, well, then you're wasting time and you're not making your boss happy. You're not making your colleagues happy because you're not getting things done. Think about smoke breaks. If you're a smoker, think about this might be the time in your life when you might want to not be spending all that time with smoking. Think about eating more healthy. So when you are there at job, you're feeling better and you're more productive and you're getting stuff more done. But for me, I have been totally exuberant lately because I feel like I'm really learning how to master time. And that has been the key to my uh, stoic exuberance. So I'm hoping I've gotten you thinking about the ways in which you can now start to really valuable and apply uh, time and use the trichotomy of control so that you can preserve this more valuable asset. So you can write, you can create, you can spend more time with your loved ones, you can get exercise, you can meditate. All of these valuable things that will create internal abundance in your own life as well as put you on the path to stoic exuberance. So I'm hoping that you will hear the whole podcast by Lori Santos on Epictetus, as well as to buy Dr. William Irvin's book, A Guide to the Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy. And if you enjoyed it as much as I did, please let me know at rockneycast at gmail.com or rockneycole at gmail.com, and I'd love to engage a conversation. And send a note to Dr. Irvin and tell him, Rockney Cole told me to buy your book, and I love it. So hopefully, uh, I, I sort of have a man crush on Dr. William Irvin, so hopefully one day he'll know about me. Dr. William Irvin, dude, you're my hero. Love you. And Lori Santos, you're really cool, too. It would be really cool to meet you, too. You're both awesome. So hopefully you have enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. And until next time, thanks for listening to the Rockney Cast. <laughs>